1: This is the Hockey News podcast.
0: Welcome back to the Hockey News podcast, presented by NGM and McKenney. I'm Mike Stevens, sitting across me is Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, how are you doing? Pretty good. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, going swimmingly even. It's a little, <laughs> little murky outside in Toronto right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting to that that time, but. Boy, is the drama, is the, is the just, just the, um, I would say the storylines, I just threw my phone off. That day. was amazing. Um, the storylines in the NHL are, are ripping hot.
1: Indeed you know? they are. And
0: so, you might as well just hop into it, right? Speaking of a team that usually their, their namesake would be in a place that is ripping hot all the time, mm-hmm. the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Look, on the first episode that we did together, to start this season, to kick off all the, all the fun, um, we talked about how the Devils were maybe going to be one of the, the lottery teams again. We were talking about how Lindy Ruff was getting booed in the home opener about how he was, he was my, at least for me, was my like first coach to get fired on mm-hmm. the year when it came to likelihood. And now they're, like we said, they're lava hot. They are, they're second in their division. Uh, they got, they're 6-3, and oh, they just beat the Blue Jackets 7-1. Everything's going great for New Jersey right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesper Bratt is uh, one of the top scorers in the NHL, which always helps, and What's interesting to me is in terms of goaltending, Vitek Vanacek has been the guy. Uh, And what I like is that the Devils have put him in a position to succeed. His last three games, all wins, hasn't faced more than 24 shots in any of those games.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah, that's legitimately absurd. That's fantastic suppression. Uh, if you are the Devils, yeah, and um, and a great way to to win games. I, obviously, scoring seven goals helps as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, we've seen Vanacek uh, play some pretty good hockey back when he was with Washington. He could be that number one guy. Maybe he's not like a superstar, mm-hmm. but you know, he can fill the role. Um, but you have to put him in a position to succeed. And I think what the Devils are doing now, and credit goes to Lindy Ruff for pulling it all together. Mm-hmm is they're playing solid hockey. And Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer are both healthy, which is wonderful. They're both contributing. So it's all coming together. Like everything that we wanted to see from New Jersey over the years, whether it's, you know, those two, and then obviously Bratt has been fantastic for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. You know, they're getting solid goaltending. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is putting up points from the blue line as well. It's all coming together. So right now, things are looking pretty nice in New Jersey.
0: Well, I think that they had a really good offseason. You know, like, mm-hmm. although that he's hurt right now, Andre Plot is always going to be a good addition. I mean, we yeah. saw we saw just covering the cup final, just how beloved he is by coaches, mm-hmm. just specifically. Like, he is a guy who is, like, coaching. I think it was was it Paul Maurice who referred to I think it was Brian Little or something, as like coaching porn back in the day. Like he said that, and and I think Palat's like that, but Mm -hmm. they had a lot of really good, like they were able to re-sign Yogi Siegenthaler for yeah. a really good
1: deal. And they love him.
0: And they love him. And he's good too. You know, yeah. Damon Severson is, is contract year Damon Severson right now. He's playing. He might, he's probably not gonna be back next year, but he's playing for it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and another thing, and obviously you said having Dougie Hamilton, you have your superstar defenseman. You know, mm-hmm. you this is the guy that they were pay, that they pay an absurd amount of money for. He's the big ticket guy that he's finally performing like that. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest X factor, at least when it comes to the suppression you're talking about, the the fact that they've turned into just an incredible, incredibly uh, efficient defensive team is John Marino. Mm-hmm. that was, under the radar, one of the best pickups of the offseason. He has, I believe, I, I, when it comes to game score, he is one of the top players in the entire league wow. in, in average game score this season. He, is, he was a guy who put up pretty much no offense in, in Pittsburgh. He was always a good defensive guy and never put up any offense. He's got four points in nine games right now, so he's contributing a bit on that on that end. But he is like the legitimate top four shutdown guy that this team really, really needed on its back end, you know, mm-hmm. the guy who can who can give Dougie Hamilton sort of like a shift off or so. Right. He doesn't have to do everything. He has really turned the I, I would say the tide, the the construction of that blue line around, mm-hmm. and it's working gangbusters. Like you said, like twenty four, sh- like no more than twenty four shots allowed in in, in all of v- Vitek Vančet starts. Yeah. And look, as a, as a VTech Vanacek fantasy owner last year, let me say that he is, he is good, yeah. but he's definitely not a superstar. Okay. No, no. He is definitely, I would say he's more of like a 1B in my eyes. He always was. Yes, I agree. Um, but he's playing like a 1A right now. That's right. And you know what? Like you said, they're putting the position to succeed. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of like, you know, Ryan Graves, uh, John Marino. Dougie Hamilton, you know Dawson Mercer is coming up. I wrote a great feature on, on Igor um, Sharangovich last year. He's they love him. They're really excited about what he can do. Even a guy like like Alexander Holtz hasn't done anything for them yet, mm-hmm. but he's a guy who's like he's a top ten pick, yep. a guy lurking in their system waiting to break out. There are a lot of really and, and and then we were talking about before. They don't even have the second overall pick up on the roster right now simon nemich who is also killing it in in the ahl right now he's playing really well but he's not even on the roster
1: yet and that's what you want right you want guys like holtz and nemich to have to really push to get into lineup. you 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 want it so that you know if somebody goes down you have someone that's like chomping at the bit Mm. or champing at the bit uh to get into the lineup and contribute and you know we've seen New Jersey suffer for that in the past, particularly you know, last year when it came to goaltending, where yeah. oh, they had yeah. big time struggles, big time injuries. You know, they, they ended up bringing up Nico Dawes to play much sooner than they probably would have preferred because he is so young. Like and,
0: three years before they probably yeah, exactly. yeah. And
1: you Yeah, exactly, and he had some, some decent games. I was actually at one of them where they beat Colorado. Ooh. I know, um, and it was a comeback too. But, you know, ideally, Nico Dawes is, you know, one of your top goaltending prospects, prospects where you keep him in the AHL for mm-hmm. a couple of years. And then once he's he's certainly ready, mm-hmm. you put him into that position. But now, yeah, like you said, the depth is so much greater and, and the contributions are coming at all the right places where it's it just seem seeming to line up right now. Yeah, I remember covering a game last year where I was watching Akira
0: Schmid try to stop Austin Matthews shots and it did not go very well. Mm-hmm. So this is, and what's cool about this too, Eric Halla has also been a very good Holla. Ad- addition. Holla! You know, like he hasn't actually scored yet, but he's he just fit in really well with the team. Yeah. They really should have paid Jesper Brat during the offseason. I don't get the organization's like sort of humming and hawing over whether or not they want to commit to this player. Mm-hmm. He's 24 years old. He was 23 in the offseason. Yep. That's how time works. It's true, um, you know, it almost was, every year. By my calculations. Okay. Um, but like this guy, his, he was a point-per-game player last year. He was close to that the year before. You know, he's got 15 points in nine games, four goals, 11 assists. Mm-hmm. You know, He's over he's over an assist per game. He's an incredible playmaker. He's averaging over 17 minutes a night. This guy's going to command a lot of money this season because he's an, an RFA yeah, again. I I would say if there was one thing I could critique, you know, mm-hmm. uh, putting on my my you know my food critic from Ra- from Shata- uh, from Ratatouille, uh-huh. um, I believe it's Anton Ego is his okay. name. Um, they should have given Brat an extension, or if they wanted to traded him, like like just you could have gotten a great sort of like package of assets, but they didn't, and he's performing really well, and look. All we can do is ride the fun that, that's going now. They're a fun team to watch, man. Totally. Like like this is so far in uh different than than I would say like the devil's teams of their prime before, where it was just like, yeah, they were doing great, but they were just a slog to watch. Yeah. This is like a fun like Jack Hughes, Nico Heesher, like Hughes is a fun player to watch. Jenny Hamilton's sure. a fun player to watch, man. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what uh what happens in New Jersey moving forward. All right. You're the prospect guy. Indeed, we were in we were in Bell Center when uh, when the Montreal Canadiens and two uh, or three other teams, I guess, mm. uh, decided to pass on Shane Wright. Yes, we thought it was crazy. Yes, we thought it was it was as Stephen A. Smith would say, blasphemous. Right. Um, and yet here we are. You know, Slavkovsky is looking pretty good at the NHL level. Mm. turns out we were overreacting like crazy when we thought that he was not doing well. Cra- who who would have thought? Yeah. Um, Shane Wright, on the other hand, is watching most games in the press box. Um, he's only, when he gets in the lineup, he's averaging six minutes and 35, uh, 35 seconds per night. He has one assist, but the underlying numbers in that very extremely small sample size are not great. Mm. What do we do here?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Seattle has said there's a plan here, and- Is there? That is doesn't, there?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, not yeah, to interrupt you,
1: there's, been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk, but mm. here's my thing, I don't mind Shane Wright spending some games in the press box yeah. because you can learn a lot up there, especially oh. as an 18-year-old where you just get a sense of the whole game. You can sit there with people from the Kraken, and, and they, can, you know, they can talk you around situations and say, look what this guy did here. Look what happened here. So I don't mind that. But when you do play him, it's got to be 12 to 14 minutes. Yeah. Like, you, you're not learning anything about him playing him six, seven minutes a night. And he's not learning anything... Playing six, seven minutes a night. Because if you think about it, if you know that you're only going to get a couple of shifts, you are gonna, you want to try to earn more, but are you going to be playing your best in no. those shifts? Or are you going to be nervous that if you screw up, you're going to get even less time? So that's my concern here is I don't understand what the play is. Sit him for some games, that's totally fine. But when you do play him, Play him. Yes. And you know, this kind of reminds me, it's not the exact same situation, but to me, it's analogous to Steven Stamkos' first year yeah. in Tampa Bay, where Bell- Barry Melrose clearly didn't trust him early on. Uh, Stamkos really struggled. They fired Barry Melrose, who never worked behind a bench again. Nope. Stamkos flourished. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say it's easy to call Stamkos a Hall of Famer based on everything he's done in his career. I'm not saying Shane Wright is going to be Stephen Stamkos. They're they're different types of players, but I'm just gonna say that I need Dave Haxtell to show me what the plan is. Yes. Because I don't see it right now.
0: A lot of people have also brought up the Joe Thornton comparison, Mm -hmm. Um, in that, you know, like a center, talented guy who took like two, three, four years to really get going. But you're right, like Dave, I don't understand why Dave Haxtell keeps getting chances. You know, like he, the 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 blue line under him in Toronto was among the worst it's ever been. The the Philadelphia Flyers under his purview um, mm. just completely collapsed. I know that we're talking and we're talking about that now when Philly's supposed to be a basement dweller again. But like he, yeah,
1: they're, they're hot. <laughs>
0: ask I know, but like ask any Flyers fan yeah. about what their what their I guess perception of of Dave Hacksell is. It's mm. not going to be pretty. It's not going to no, be great. It's Not good. Um, and so I, I don't know if he's the guy to trust with such a prize, but also at the moment, fragile asset. Mm-hmm. Because it reminds, like, it, it's sort of like, you know, I'm, I, he's 18 or 19, or whatever, I'm 26. Yep. So I'm not exactly his age, but I guess I'm sort of in the, the generation. So, and I liken it to during the pandemic, when my former employer, like, cut me down to one piece a month, mm. you know? And I thought, and I just went like, oh, all the pressure's on this one piece. Right. You know, I have to, like, like I have no opportunity to prove myself. It's only on this one piece. And I ended up overthinking it way too much, and they were likely some of the worst pieces I've ever produced, you know. Mm. And I think that's a lot what Shane writes to. He's how many shifts a game is six minutes? It's like five, maybe yeah. five or six. Like yeah. all, like most players, when they step over the ice or step over the boards onto the ice, um, they don't have to think about how. Okay, well, this is this is uh, this is going to be a quarter of my usage. Basically, yeah. I have to make it count. I have yeah. to do something every little. They're just trying to be in the middle, react to the play, be in the zone. Shane Wright's trying to be like everything I do is gonna influence whether or not I even see the ice again moving forward. Mm. It's, it's putting him in the worst position to succeed. I don't see the plan because they've already talked about how they want to keep him in the NHL. Yeah. So sending him down to Kingston is probably not gonna be uh, the way to go. And mm. there is some there is some validity to maybe let sending him down there and letting him just absolutely like massacre that league. Right. Like he he did very well last year, but it wasn't necessarily like the the crazy stat lines we see from a, a you know a top prospect in this uh-huh. final year of OHL eligibility he's not doing what Connor Bedard's doing to the, the OHL right, right, right now right. but so there might be some validity to sending him down letting him just absolutely like throttle that league mm-hmm. to the point that it just it's not fair and then bringing him up and giving him that confidence um, but like what's the plan like you you yeah. have him in the press box i don't care how many like sort of development coaches are sitting around him and coaching him during the game. When you put him out on the ice, he's not, like you're not putting him out on the ice for more than seven minutes a game. What can he possibly do? This is a player who is used to playing big minutes. He's never, when's the last time Shane Wright logged less than like 16 minutes a night on any team he's played? World juniors, juniors, you know, I don't even know if he played in it, Ivan Holinka, anything. Anything yeah. but dating back to when he was like four years old. Yeah. This is, a, this is a completely foreign thing for him. It's not putting him in the best position to succeed.
1: It's not. And, you know, the only thing, I like, I wouldn't send him back to Kingston, but I, the compromise I could see mm. is loaning him out to the World Junior team. Yeah. And then bring him back after. Because then he gets a... Very prominent role, obviously, and you know he can get a lot of scoring touches.
0: We're going there, so I would love that.
1: Sure. That would be great for our interests. Yes. Right and Bedard back together again. You know, I think we've we seen should hop on national on that. teams
0: before. I think we should hop on that trend now and yeah. and make it happen. Yeah, we should. be The propaganda. You yeah. know how they made John Scott go to the All Star game? There you go. That's us right now. Exactly. Rory Fitzpatrick. Let's get blacklisted, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> um No, but you're right. I don't see the plan. And as a prospect guy in yourself. Like this. This must be. This it's must be just. Uh, uh, what's to say? Chaff in your boots. What, what's, sure. Sure. It must be really annoying you. <laughs> yes. Okay. There yeah. you go. Um, all right. Speaking of things that are annoying people, I'm not sure if you notice, Brian, because we live in Toronto. Uh-huh. We wake up in Toronto. Um, the city is about to explode. <laughs> it's not just because we had a mayoral election lately. It's not no. just because, you know, well, it's because the Toronto beliefs are. Uh, uh, in a, in a state of disaster, mm-hmm. I would say. I wrote a column for thehockeynews.com um, earlier uh, this week on Friday actually, and uh, it was after they lost in overtime to the San Jose Sharks, and um, and and I was saying the Leafs are in a tailspin, and I got about fifty replies saying I'm delusional. They're not in a tailspin. They're still tied for. Second in the division, it's it's eight games in. It's no big deal, but we're like four days removed from that, and people are ready to like burn Sheldon Keefe's house down. Right. Like, it is like it, it, it. This this is a disaster. And if you look at, it, there, there's a great chart that 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 was brought up um, because Mitch Marner after the Leafs, so the Leafs went on their Death Valley road trip. Yep. Um, they only got two out of a possible two points um, out of a possible four games, so two out of a possible eight points. Um, they look terrible. The teams they were playing, are, were, they haven't played a team that's made it out of the first round yet. Um, they've, they've dropped games to the tanking Montreal Canadiens, the tanking um, Arizona Coyotes, the tanking uh, uh, San Jose Sharks, the up-and-coming, I would say, Los Angeles Kings. But then yeah. they blew a 3-1 lead um, to the... I, they're not supposed to be tanking, but the, the, literally the 32nd, team, 32nd yes. place team in the league, Anaheim Ducks. Yes. Um, it's, it's really bad right now.
1: I guess so. I, You know, it's like... I. Oh, you're one of those. I'm I'm totally one of those where, Mm. to me, it's like, okay, yeah. It was a bad road trip, no doubt. They haven't played well this season yet. They're still a 500 team. It's still early. And I always, I kind of look at it where if this had happened in February, for example, if the Leafs had had a bad road trip in February, would everybody be going for the torches and pitchforks? Maybe they would because it's a huge hockey market. They absolutely would. Prone to, uh, you know, overstatement. But, you know, I look at this team and, I mean, it's a solid roster. Uh, You know, yeah, they've got a couple of injuries uh, that do not help and they obviously have cap problems. Um, But, you know, we're going to see more offense coming. You would hope so. You know, like we're gonna see more from Mitch Marner. We're gonna see more from Austin Matthews. Like it, you know, Tavares is getting his points on the power play at mm-hmm. least. Um, Tavares has been very good. Yeah, Tavares has been very good. So it, it's coming. It's just the time, uh, the timing of it. I recognize that because it's the beginning of the season, and you see teams like Buffalo doing great in Philly, and in Philly, yeah. teams that were you know in prior years were not used to having these uh, these roles. Um, but you know what, like I've seen Tampa get off to bad starts and nobody blinked an eye because it's like, ah, and and granted Tampa Bay has won Stanley Cups. So Mm -hmm. they've earned that, right? The the Maple Leafs have not, Mm -hmm. but I think if it continues on like this, I would say in November, they have a lot of home games. They do. Right. So, I mean, that's nice as long as the fans don't throw things at them. Uh, You know, obviously big test against Philly this week. I think that's going to be kind of the acid test. How how do they perform against a team that has overachieved so far this season? If they lose that game, then obviously the mountain gets a little higher to climb. Uh, But if they win it, then I think it's kind of a good sign that, you know, at least internally, there isn't as much panic as there is externally.
0: There is... I think you you bring up some very valid points, but I I think you know in I've, I have a political science degree, so I've heard this many many times before. To play devil's advocate, right. if you will,
1: um, I thought you were gonna say get a job.
0: Oh well, <laughs> clearly I need to work on that. <laughs> but um, it's uh, this is this is an unacceptable start. Like it, mm. it like. We've seen Tampa and, and, like you said, go off to, to, you know, to rough starts. They've never had anything riding, or uh, maybe not to the extent of the Leafs have their entire, gen- like, sort of era of hockey riding on this season. Mm. If they don't make it at least past the first round, keep in mind, the Leafs are yes, they're off. They're, they're going to say they're trying to win a Stanley Cup. They're going to say yeah. this, but like. Their goal is to clear what is literally like the lowest possible bar that most contenders and teams of their ilk do they want to be considered as are. Totally. It's winning a playoff series. Yeah. Like the freaking Vancouver Canucks have done that before the Leafs have. Done, have. You know, the, like anyone, anyone can do that. Mm. New York Rangers who had terrible underlying numbers all last year did. You know, it's, it should not be that difficult. And so after the, after the, the Los Angeles game, I believe, uh, Mitch Marner came out and Mitch Marner had a, a nightmare weekend. He uh, uh, you know he, he was directly responsible for two of the goals um, against in, two of the goals against in uh, the game against the ducks. He then like took a stick, walked down the hall, apparently smashed the crap out of it, and then came back. He, after he got benched for one shift, one shift he got benched, he still finished over 20 minutes of ice time as a forward, which usually doesn't happen. Um, but he, so and then also we I think people are also annoyed that like, Sheldon Keefe had to, had to walk back his comments about the elite players, mm. not playing like elite players. I was in the press room when he said that. It was not, it, he didn't say it maliciously. He didn't say it, you know, pointedly. He just right. said it matter-of-factly, and it was a fact. And the fact that he had to, like, post a retraction the next day is pretty embarrassing. Uh. So then Marner, after the LA game, said, you know, oh, we started pretty slow last year, too. People tried to think it was a disaster, and, uh, it, and, and we, we righted the ship. Things are going to be fine. Mm. So there's a great stat going around. Uh, Our great charts, are going around, where last year, after the first 10 games, what, what were the Leafs' stats like? Is this like last year? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through some of them with okay. you. So last year, in, in, uh, I'm, I'm, in 2021, the Leafs had a 64.81% Corsi 4 per 60. This year, it's 58.12, so that's worse. Mm-hmm. Their Corsi against per 60 is worse. Their Corsi 4 straight-up percentage is worse. Their Fenwick is worse. Their Fenwick against is better. Oh, great. Their Fenwick 4 is uh, percentage is worse. Their goals 4 per 60 is worse. Their goals against per 60 is a little bit better. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, could be that they've actually gotten really good goaltending, we'll get into that. Okay. Their goals 4 is, uh, percentage is worse. They're getting outscored uh, before where they were almost getting tied even and basically getting outscored by one goal or whatever. They're now only producing 44.2% of the, of the goals four in the game, so that's not great. Their shots 4 per 60 is worse. Shots against a little bit better, mm-hmm. but their shot, but their their shots for just percentage is worse. Their expected goals per sixty is worse. Their expected goals against is worse. Their expected goals for is worse. Their shooting percentage is worse, and yet their save percentage is better. So mm-hmm. they're getting better goaltending and yep. basically worse across the board and everything <laughs> yes. else. So when we when we use the conversation of oh well, they did this last year and they and they righted the ship and it's fine. No, this isn't like last year. Mm-hmm. They're playing bad hockey. Mm-hmm. They like their their stars. At least, at least they're stars from, from the Matthews and Marner perspective. They look dazed. They, don't, they, they look like they're not themselves. Yeah. They're getting very good goaltending from Elias Samsonov. I shudder to think where they would be without him. Totally. Um, but when you look at it, their blue line is porous. Mm. You know, they have a guy. Their, their two best defensemen are, yes, it's, it's TJ Brody, um, who's always going to be the pillar of stability. But I would say the, the guy it tied for 1B is, is a 39-year-old who signed for minimum wage so the rest of the team could get their money and be good. Right. Um, their stars aren't producing on offense. And one of their two reclamation projects uh, it, like, tore his abductor, or adductor, whatever you want to call it, yep. in morning skate after one game. Mm. So things are not going great. And... I would say, like, I, I don't think Sheldon Keefe is in danger of getting fired yet. Mm. I had him third on my on my coach's um, hot seat power rankings yesterday, just because I think they're like, you know, because of the the, the ties he has to Dubis and just sort of like the process oriented way of the the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Yeah. But things are creeping up, and some of his decisions. Like having to walk back those comments, but also not recognizing that Justin Hall is a 13-minute-a-night defenseman opposed to like a 17, 18, 19-minute defenseman. Mm. How, you know, when you're trying to get something out of your forward core, why would you not split up the, the struggling line in Matthews and Marner, and instead they, they split up the only line that's really working in, in Nylander and in Tavares? Mm. You know, it's there's a lot of things that are going wrong here. Like you said, the test against Philly is going to be extremely important because, yes, it's a it's an overachieving team, but they're also really bad. And you should be able to... At home, after a couple of days off, you should be able to run their show, and if you don't, yep. the, the noise is only gonna get louder and, and potentially lead to, lead to some consequences.
1: Yeah, and I think the big sort of uh, existential crisis is some teams miss their window yes. to win. It happens. Uh, Toronto does not want to be that team, but no. you do have to ask yourself at what point do our stars age out of their prime and we don't get the desired result, which is a championship run. Now they still, they've got years on that. Mm -hmm. But again, it's the surrounding cast that they've had trouble fitting under the cap, making everything work that way. And then of course, you know, Jake Muzzin injured again, which is a a big hole uh, on that decor, which you alluded to. Uh, The penalty kill is really bad too. Yes um so i mean maybe there's a shake-up maybe it's not keith but maybe there's a shake-up behind the bench in a different way mm-hmm. um to address things like that but
0: yeah it's tough because first of all like behind the bench like keith spoke on at media day about how excited that he was that all of his coaches were back from mm-hmm. last season for the first time in his tenure as leafs coach like before you know Dave hacksaw went to go to coach seattle and you know dj smith uh uh, went to coach ottawa and all that kind of stuff but like so this is dean chenoweth um manny Malhotra, and someone else that i am blanking on when it comes to his name um but this is like like this is uh, people who are saying you know people who are overreacting might need to chill their boot chill you know slow the roll a little bit Mm -hmm. it's only 10 games but you know that's like we're over 10 percent of the season like this is The, uh, it's a, it's the best division in the league. It's only going to get tighter. Mm. And you've dropped, you've left a lot of points on the board. Like yeah. like they had a really slow, really um, home friendly, and also just like in terms of, of competition, really easy, soft start to the schedule. Yeah, it's true. You could have banked, you could have started out like Boston, eight mm. and one or whatever they are. Yeah. And and banked a ton of points and really you know sort of soared to to home ice advantage and the and the, the you know the weakest playoff opponent you can possibly get. And instead, they're probably gonna be scrapping for that same, you know, second or third place division uh, uh, d- divisional spot again, depending on whether or not they can make up this 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 rope. And they might have to play a team like Tampa again. They might have to play a team like Florida, who yes isn't as good as last year, but still or has Boston. Some, or they have to play Boston again. Yeah. And like this is this is not maybe a disaster yet, but it's getting close to it. The vibes don't seem very great there. they like the pressure is mounting, the noises is starting to get louder, it's buzzing. Mm there needs to be a, there needs to be something that changes really really quickly because this is this is sl- like starting to to creep into disaster territory yeah and it's not and i would say it's not even on the coach the players need to figure this out i wrote this last year this uh, last week sorry and this will be the last time we we talk about this topic until they win is that Dubas has gone out and gotten them everything they could have needed. They needed to upgrade their center depth in 2018. He signed the biggest free agent in, in salary cap era history to that mm-hmm. point, John Tavares. They needed to upgrade their defense. He went out and, and acquired Jake Muzzin for no roster, uh, for, for, uh, in exchange for no active roster pieces. You know, they, they needed goaltending after Frederick Anderson got hurt and Michael Hutchinson was, was their number one. Okay, so he went out and he, he acquired Jack Campbell you know, for, for pennies on the dollar, and he became, you know, their consistent, basically started goalie for the next three years. Um, even last year, they needed to, they needed a little bit of a D upgrade. They didn't need it, but they could have used it. Mm-hmm. He went out and he got Mark Giordano for, for, uh, for a second round pick and no roster pieces again, and then managed to re-sign him for 800 grand per year for two years in, to ensure that the rest of the team is top-notch and gives him a chance at winning a cut. Mm-hmm. They've, and those are just a couple moves. Yes, he's not perfect, but he's gone out and he's given them everything. He, he fired the highest paid coach in hockey to, to placate them, to make yep. sure that they were that, they, that they, the vibes were good for them because they, they straight up gave up on Mike Babcock, and I think that they were warranted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, the, the players gave up on their coach, and Dubas was like, all right, so here it is. Here's a guy who you know, has coached a lot of you in the minors, who is uh, uh, you know who knows you and his mandate is to make things fun again yeah and he did that and now we're starting to talk about what uh, has he lost the room too? at what point do the players need to, to sort of dig themselves out of this Yeah, that's fair that's that's my point anyway speaking of panic the Anaheim Ducks mm. disaster start to the season for them this is a team that is not supposed to be this bad yeah. they sign well. they signed Ryan Strom they signed Frank Vetrano, yeah. you have Trevor Zeris. Mm. Uh, you have a really, you know, you have John Gibson who hasn't been as good, but sh- is still sort of projected to be like you. You, you sign John Klingberg. You mm. sign those three guys. You're not, you're not tanking, okay? Yep. Like you, you sign Strom, and Klingberg. You're you're expecting to be at least middle of the pack. Mm. They are now far and away the worst team in the league at this mm. point. They're across the board in every sort of underlying statistic I just mentioned with the Leafs. They're 32nd ranked. Uh-huh. It's really bad. Dallas Eakins' hot seat is nuclear hot. It's the Chernobyl reactor. Right, seconds, about to, uh, seconds before it blows. And then they, they, were, they were dealt an even worse sort of blow, I would say, uh, yesterday when it was announced that Jamie Drysdale, hot shot young defenseman, has been lost for the season with a torn labrum. labrum how bad is this badness, Ryan?
1: yeah I, it's really unfortunate uh for drysdale i i would disagree i i think you bring in those veterans to help your young core grow my expectations for the ducks were actually pretty low this year
0: were you expecting them to be like like in, in competition for the number one pick though yeah around really that. Yeah. okay
1: well yeah. i thought they'd be near, near the bottom because they're still agree to disagree yeah they're still bringing those assets you gotta and remember too they lost ryan Getzlaf to retirement so it's like you needed another veteran center yeah uh, How good
0: was Getzlab towards the end, though? Like, was he still... He I mean, was, he was
1: fine, but yeah. it's like, you know, you, you need sort of that... Yeah, like, Strom is a good guy, I think, sort of an equivalent at that that mm-hmm. point. Uh, because Zegers is your guy, right? He's your guy for, for now on. Um, but what I... What I really don't like about the Drysdale situation is here's a kid that's still only 20 years old. Yeah,
0: he's really young.
1: Yeah, really young, and uh, you know certainly has earned his NHL time um, because he he is that prototypical modern NHL defenseman, that great puck mover, so smart, so calm back there. Um, you know, playing 17 minutes a night, so he wasn't being overloaded. Uh, but now he's out, yeah, four to six months, so it could be the season depending yeah. on. Uh, you know, how he heals and recovers and, and what Anaheim needs from him, let's face it, at the time, it might just behoove them for him to take the rest of the year yeah. off and just make sure that everything is good for next season. Mm-hmm. The thing that, that really kind of sticks with me is that they waived Josh Mahura. And now Josh Mahura is one of the best possession players in the NHL playing for Florida. And yeah. it's like, oh... That hurts in terms of asset management. And you know what? It has not been a straight incline for Josh Mahara in terms of development. So at the time you say, okay, well, you know, I mean, the Ducks, they had to move on. You know, they got to make roster decisions. But when you see a a young player like Mahara, who I think is only a couple of years older than Drysdale, he's still very young, it's like, oh, man. They could really use Josh Moore right now, and it's and all they, hindsight.
0: They gave him away for free. That's the thing.
1: That's the, exactly. Like it was free. If you wanted to give free up for on the Panthers, him,
0: yeah. If you wanted to give up on him and trade him, at least you got an asset back. Yeah. How how lowly of an asset that would be is up for debate. Yeah. But just being like, here you go, Florida Panthers, yeah. take this guy. We won't need him. And then... And it's like, uh,
1: yeah. So, I mean, all the best to Jamie Drysdale. He's such a fun player to watch. Um, but because he is so young, it's really tough because this is... Even though he's in the NHL, he's still developing. Yes. And this would have been a crucial year to do that. Absolutely. Especially as a defenseman. Again, look at Rasmus Dahlin in Buffalo, mm-hmm. how he has hit another level this season you know, he's been in the NHL for several years now, and it's been that progression, and then all of a sudden you got that jump. So maybe this was the year where we would have also seen a jump from Drysdale. Now it gets pushed back at least the season. So that's unfortunate.
0: Just on the, on the, the Ducks conversation, so you, you thought a team with Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, Ryan Strom, Frank Vitrano, Mason McTavish, Jake, Jacob Silverberg, uh, John Klingberg, Kevin Shattenkirk, Cam Fowler, John Gibson, Adam Henrique, Guys, like, you thought they were going to be challenging for the bottom of the league? Like, that's, that's not bad.
1: It's not bad, but it's basically what they had last year.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I just think that, the, like, them being, like, far and away the worst team in the league just by every metric, mm. like, when you really look at it, when it comes to possession, goal differential, yeah. you know, power play, special teams, everything, like, I think that's pretty disappointing.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I, I, I certainly thought San Jose would be probably worse this or, year or
0: arizona even like
1: arizona i mean Arizona's in a different division now so it's like you, know, you to yeah. play around with that but no i mean I, I certainly thought arizona would be worse i thought chicago would be worse yes uh but i didn't see anaheim as a playoff threat like no no no, no. the kings are a playoff threat yes in that division yeah and then you know it's like calgary edmonton vegas and then you kind of have the rest yeah in the pacific so
0: it's uh, it's not great. Yeah, like you said, this is a very important developmental year for Jamie Drysdale. He's gonna he got eight games of it, and he's gonna miss it all. That's a shame. Indeed. Speaking of the Sharks, though, mm. a guy who you know has has had injuries in the past, but is back now, Eric Carlson. Yeah, eleven points, eleven games. He's looking like his former self. Point per gamer. He's looking like that eleven point six five million dollar defenseman that yeah. he was signed for. I mean, don't you just love to see it?
1: You know, I do because. Uh, yeah, here's a guy that literally lost part of his ankle yes. in surgery, and it looked and for a guy that made his bones on his skating, his puck moving ability, it's transition, his transition yeah. game. You know, I mean, he's basically an analytics legend. Uh, yes, <laughs> when he came up, and you know, he sort of came up and he crested when analytics was really taking when the Corsi wars
0: were in there. The Corsi yeah, wars, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so it is nice to see him back and. Um, it, it got me thinking, and I almost had this in rapid fire. It's like, does he get Norris votes I if think he so. keeps this pace? I'm not saying he's gonna win, but does he get down ballot? He probably, you know, if he keeps this pace, why not? You know, especially with Brent Burns gone. I mean, San Jose needed him to contribute even more than he had been yeah. since he got to town, and and he's doing it. And yeah, he's just he's such a, a fun guy to cheer for. He had like a full body Sharks outfit. Given blue steel for the Instagram. He's it, very cool. It was awesome. He's
0: like, he's just a good dude. Like he's always been a good dude. Everyone, yeah. every person who interacts with them has, I've, I've never actually interviewed him before, but everyone who, who has, have you, I have, it, would you say he's a good dude? S-
1: super nice guy. There you go. He
0: always has fun interactions with Sean McKenzie, you know, when it comes to their, their, their fashion, you know, he's been through a lot, him and his wife, mm-hmm. um, and come back from it. Like he's just someone that you really want to root for. Yeah. And, um, and look, you always hate it when when injuries rob an elite athlete of of their prime. You totally. know, when when they have, when they're trying to come back, and you see that oh, there's just something missing. You know, like mm. uh, I'm trying to think of a, an example, like you know, just any running back who's who's it's Bo Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson, or you know, just guys, or even um, uh, for a little bit it, right now, Clay Thompson, for example, in the NBA. Oh, okay. He, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, he tore his ACL and Achilles, and mm. and you know, he was one of the best players in, in the NBA, and he's come back, and he's only looked okay, and you go like. Yeah, he's fine. He's, what he's out there, but like you just you just see every time you see him, you see like the just the the harsh realities of mm. father time and all that. Right. Just now, he's like the fact that he's back. He's 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 playing the kind of hockey that he wants to. He's averaging like twenty four minutes a night. You know, he's he's just tearing up. He's got like a sixty percent Corsi four for him right now. Point per game player, yep. looking like the guy who was making like alley oop passes in the playoffs. I love it. I love it. He's. He's a very easy guy to root for. I think San Jose was always a great landing spot for him mm-hmm. you know it's it's california it's a great place to raise your family, but it's also just somewhat out of the public light where he doesn't have to deal with all the harsh sort of sort of negativity that he did in, in Ottawa yeah and now finally it's starting to come together for him yep. I, I, I love it I love
1: to see it and quick San Jose note I I've been, oh, think, I've been thinking about this lately with their new uniforms oh they look so good Is I love there it another franchise you can think of. That literally hasn't missed once when it came to their uniform. I think San Jose's missed. Really? I do. I think like, you didn't like the black
0: ones. I didn't like they're all blacks. Okay. The ones with like the numbers on the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like we're putting numbers on the front.
1: Okay. But
0: okay. they're very close. Like they're yeah. like they're they're gray. Like the ones with gray in it in mm. the 90s were great. Yeah. These teal ones though, my god. They're so good. They're incredible. Like yeah. anyone who was, I, I remember they were mixed. Like the reception of them were mixed on Twitter in, yeah. in the summer. Every like, have you lost your minds? Do you have any taste?
1: I think too. And we've seen this with some of the reverse retro jerseys, like the first Minnesota one, when you add the pants and some of the other uniform elements, then it's like, ah, now I see the whole picture. Like the all teal? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: so glad I didn't go black pants. or I'm so glad. Like, it is just, and seeing Eric Carlson in that uniform, it's just incredible. I love it. There are very few teams that haven't missed. I would say San Jose is batting like 900 right now. Yeah, Like, very good. Yeah. MVP numbers. All yes. right, Brian,
1: mailbag time? Mailbag. We got one, one, one mailbag question for today. One good
0: one. It's yeah. which current NHL first years do you think are going to burn year one of their ELC? That was not the one I was thinking
1: of. Oh, okay. <laughs> but since you mentioned it, um, I think we're going to see, you know, obviously Slavkovsky. Yeah. Um, you know, probably David Jurecek at this point, yeah. you, know, um, you know, because they've had some injuries in Columbus. Although I guess that one's sort of up in the air. Um, you know, I, I do think Shane Wright will burn. Um, and then I would say uh, Wyatt Johnston. He's already there. He's, he's, he's there. there now, it's been announced that, that yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so he's so sticking re- He
0: earned it. Yeah, he's looked really good. Yeah. And you just got to keep him around for that wholesome family moment. After exactly. His first. Like I, yeah. that's incredible.
1: Yeah, you can't so, send that guy down. Uh, yeah, that's those would be the ones that I would think of right now that come to mind.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. It's from our. This is this one's actually from our. Uh, our, our not that one. I am only seeing two. Jonathan.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. The one was uh, the William Wallander one. I, I I have it on mine at from uh, at Michigan Roman, because uh, yeah, the Jonathan one was too much homework. Maybe I'm it's a
0: private lose. account because I'm only seeing these two replies under your tweet.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, so, I've, so if I you've found memorized it, yes. it, so the question was about William Wallander, the Detroit Red Wings prospect, mm-hmm. and uh, what his ceiling is. Okay. And um, for me. Uh, you know, Wallander, or it's probably Wallander, technically. It's probably Wallander. Probably William Wallander.
0: Or Volander
1: For yeah. those on the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a lot of good potential. And I actually looked back, because right now he is second on team scoring with Rogla, tied for second with 11 points on the year. Uh, I believe Adam Tambolini is first Ooh. with 13 points. Um, and he's a defenseman, Mm -hmm. but he's got size, moves the puck real well, obviously doing very well offensively. Um, I looked back at my scouting notes and what my Swedish people were telling me back in 2020 was, yes, he has all these great elements. What we want to see is him really sort of push to be the guy. Yes. So to me, he's getting there now. If If you're tied for second in team scoring and you're still a very young man playing for Rogla in Sweden, That tells me you're starting to really sort of feel yourself, starting to take over. So for me, I mean, certainly he's top four, but does he have the potential to be even better than that? Mm -hmm. I think this is what we're starting to see where it's getting pretty exciting with the
0: You, You don't see, like it's tough to score in the SHL. The Mm -hmm. ice is bigger. You're playing against grown men. Like you don't see point-per-game guys really there very often. So the numbers he's putting up, that's being pretty good.
1: All right. I think think it's rapid fire. It's your turn this This week. It's rapid fire, and I'm taking it back this uh, okay. is old school rapid fires become bloated
0: keep in mind i am younger than you
1: so. yes i am keeping this in mind yeah. i always tailor my rapid fires uh so this would be a this be quicker and uh peppier and more nerve-wracking hopefully okay because that's what rapid fires if all there's about.
0: one thing i love it's anxiety you know this about me so let's do it let's go all, all right.
1: right first question green day or blink 182 green day, day. Okay. I okay. love
0: Blink- I love them both uh, with all my heart. Okay. But Green Day is my favorite band of all time.
1: Right. Yeah. Correct answer. Dillinger Ford. Okay. Look him up. Don't don't even know who that is. That's okay. Yeah. Green Day certainly does. Mm. Uh, next question, who is your favorite non-Hollywood director?
0: Non-Hollywood,
1: huh? Yes. Like, I hazard to say foreign film
0: director. Uh, oh, foreign film. I thought, yeah. I was like, I'm like I'm trying to go through, like, Broadway, maybe? No, like, no, 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 no. No, like, okay. film
1: director, but not, like, you know, like, in the blockbuster system.
0: Oh, okay. Um, yes. I can't believe, I cannot believe I am blanking on his name, but the director of Parasite. Mm. He, like, Snowpiercer. Barjo. Bar... Bon- I, I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking on his name because Parasite is legitimately the, the best movie I've ever seen. Yep. Just like it's, it might, it's it's up there on my favorites. But mm-hmm. just in terms of like an actual like like if you look at it from a craft perspective, yes. like from, from you know the direction, the 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 payoff, the every it is yeah. the best movie I've ever seen in mm-hmm. terms of how he just combined everything. S- Snowpiercer is incredible. That's his one like sort of a American movie that he did. Yeah. it's great. Like he is, he's a visionary. Incre- Bong joon Ho. There yes, we go. There you go. He, I can't believe like, like I, I'm gonna, you know, go home and stare at myself in the mirror and and, and just absolutely flog myself for, for totally. missing that. Yeah. Um incredible director. Yeah. I think he's my favorite. Outside the, like that's a good question. Outside the Hollywood system, because mm-hmm. there are a couple up-and-comers that I really, really like, but I guess you could consider them in the North
1: American sort of sphere. So yeah, right, right. I'm gonna put put it there. Nice. I'm gonna go Takeshi Miyake yeah. uh, from Japan. Uh, People probably know him most for Audition, okay. which is terrifying. Uh, but he also does amazing gangster movies like Fudo and Dead or Alive. And uh, I'll never forget, like, uh, he, he, and he does, like, tons of movies. Yeah. Zebra Man I saw at the Toronto Info- mm-hmm. International Film Festival at the Midnight Madness years ago, also awesome. Uh, but I'll never forget, there's a scene in one of his movies where there's like a big gangster fight and it's in a restaurant and this guy's trying to reach for a gun but he accidentally puts his hand into like a bunch of like egg yolks and yep. then he's still reaching for the gun and he puts his hand in flour and <laughs> then he reaches for the gun and he puts his hand into like a deep fryer so he basically deep fries his own hand. Sounds tasty. His gun Hilarious! I love everything about Takeshi Miike. Uh, Chanwick Park that did like *Sympathy for Mr. Yes, Mr. *Vengeance* yes. and all the *Vengeance* movies. Yeah. Also awesome. Uh,
0: Whoever did the, um, I it might be the same, might be the same person. Whoever did the the original *Old Boy*. Yes, it is, I believe that is. Yes. Chanwick. yeah, that movie is incredible. Like totally. it is, I can't believe they ever thought. The I can't believe. Americans have the audacity of, so, of remaking it. Yeah, I know. Like, that is.
1: I didn't see the remake because it's like, I don't need to. I
0: like Josh Rowland. He's the main guy. But, right. like, that movie,
1: Old Boy, is perfect. Yeah. It is incredible. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Next question. JT Miller, your boy. He's on fire now. Oh, yeah. Four points in his last three games. Vancouver, all of a sudden, not as much despair. Great to see. Over under JT Miller, 75 and a half points this year. we will go over. Yeah, I'm gonna know, go over. So two. He'll
0: hit like 80, 81.
1: Yeah, like yeah, it, like I agree.
0: it'll all be secondary assists because that's his thing. But you know, like he'll he'll will do it. I think two goals against payments the other. day. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, look, I think if he I think if he doesn't do over 75, that's a disaster. You're paying this guy mm. the amount of money that you are. Yeah. You you need him to be at least a point per game guy.
1: Fair, yeah. fair. Next question: fair How one. many Taylor Swift songs can I name if I heard them on the radio? Can you name? Yes. Oh, I would say at least five or six. Mm, I believe the answer is three. Which ones? I can name the uh, "Never Ever Ever" gonna get back together okay. song, blank slate, and shake it off. And I am also aware of that early one where she talked about how she wears t-shirts. Yeah, you couldn't do "You Belong with Me." No.
0: You couldn't do uh, "Love Story." No. Or even like even even a "Teardrops on My Guitar." Never. Really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: I only listen to, like classic rock no, radio. No, I I'm aware. I've and, ridden in cars in the 88. with eighty-eight point one. Yeah. Everything. It's like it's a. Uh, one end of the dial so I can just switch between the three of them.
0: I'm I'm like this is this is where we miss Steven because I've driven to the draft with you guys. Yes. And I don't think I recognized a single song our the way there. It was great. It introduced me to a lot of great music. Sure. But you you were, let's just say you're not a Taylor Swift kind of guy. No. I, I respect her I, as an
1: artist, but I just it's just not of my world.
0: I, I can respect I think what she's doing right now is amazing as an artist. You know, she's literally weaving stories and narratives into her songs mm-hmm. so that these new albums are almost like sequels to movies that people want to see in a way like it's it's very great she's really evolved as an artist she's yeah. not just that you know that that breakup song kind of person i think she, mm. she it's it's great so um but yeah i would yeah. say i like i'm surprised i'm surprised that a couple of them haven't even broached into into your realm of like just recognize sheer recognizability yes. Interesting. I mean, interesting pop
1: culture hermit Okay. Okay, final. This is a rapid fire within rapid fire. This Woo-hoo! is a little game we like to play. We've done variations of this. A Russian uh, nesting
0: doll of a rapid yes. fire, Okay. Huh?
1: So the topic is Okay. hockey team okay. or band? That's a very... Oh, I love this. Yes. I'm ready. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. the Detroit Cobras. Was that a hockey team or a band? That's, Cobra seems like a band. I'm going to go band. You are correct. Detroit yes. Cobras, a fantastic garage cover band. There you go. Yes.
0: See, bands like to do the, the reptiles. They like to go, yes. you know, white snake, you know, like cobra, stuff like that. True. So I, I'm, I'm big on that. Nice, yeah. nice.
1: Okay, number two, the Amarillo Gorillas, band or hockey team? Hockey like team. Yes, of the now defunct Central League. Oh, man. Fantastic Rest names. in peace. Yes. Harambe, rest in peace. Yeah. Number three, band or hockey team? The Academy of Holy Angels. I'm gonna switch up. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go hockey team. You are correct. Yes. Yes. Their most famous player, to my mind at least, Stanley Cup winner, Eric Johnson. No way, yes. he was
0: on the Academy of Holy Angels? Yes,
1: it's a Minnesota high school team. I, I assume so, I yeah. need a jersey that says Academy of Holy Angels on it. Yeah, uh, and then final one, the New York Dolls, band or hockey team? That's a band. You are correct trailblazing glam band. Well done, young Michael. Four out of four, you have mastered the rapid fire. Wow, I, there's gonna be a little pep in my step for the rest of the day, Ryan. Right? As there should be. Thank you.
0: Well, I believe that's, a, that's as good a place to end it as any. I Indeed think we, we did that, I conquered rapid fire, I finally earned the begrudging respect of Ryan Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, I've, been wait, I've been working at that for two years, finally. Did it! Um, um, this is a great episode. Lots of things. I can't wait to come back and see just how different every, everything we talked about will be next week because exactly. that's, the, that's the way the world goes. News cycle goes crazy. Um, I'm Mike Stevens, Ryan Kennedy. We'll see you next week.